bless the name of Jesus. It's so good to be found in the house of the Lord. There's no other place that I would rather be. And I'm sure you feel exactly, exactly, exactly the same. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to jump right in there. We're going to jump right in there because everything that we've been leading up to this point has been, has been focused around this topic. The songs that we've been singing, the verse of scripture that Pastor Vim came up and, and opened with uh, before she led communion, all of it is pointing in one very, uh, 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 the very same direction that, that I'm heading in, that we're all heading in this morning. Someone say amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love God's word. Let's go right for it. Romans chapter 8, reading verse 26 and verse 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 30. Just in case you might have possibly missed it, the title of this message is Destined for a Life of Victory. Destined for a Life of Victory. That's talking about me and that's talking about you. We are destined for a life of victory. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to verse 13. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, because none of us are perfect. But the Spirit himself, that's the Holy Spirit, knows our needs and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people, that's you and that's me, in accordance with God's will. Verse 28, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, that's so good to know, causes all things, not just some things, not just the things that I'd rather he cause or intervene in, but God causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God. I am one of those who love God, and I'm sure you are too. Are we still together? To those who are called according to his plan and his purpose, that's me once again, that's you once again. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, hallelujah, Jesus, the lover of my soul. Thank you for choosing me. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, meaning he declared them free of the guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also took, took it one step further and he also glorified them, meaning raising them to a heavenly dignity. Are we still together this morning? So in summary, turn to your neighbor once again and tell them, I've been set up by God for a life of victory. One more time, I've been set up by God for a life of victory. When I look at this verse of scripture, this passage of scripture, and when I literally break it down point for point, I can see it as clear as day. I can see it as clear as the hand in front of my face that I, you and I, 
as those who love him, as those who've been called by him, as those who surrendered all to him, we as his children have been systematically and strategically set up by God for a life of victory. God's Holy Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. Someone say amen. So, yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, I make a mess up. I make all sorts of mistakes on a daily basis. But even in my moment of weakness, God's Holy Spirit comes to me and he helps me even in my weakness. God's Holy Spirit intercedes on my behalf, not just only on my behalf, but also in accordance with God's will. So even in those moments, even in those instances, even in those times in my life when I'm so confused and I'm so perplexed and I even say, Lord, I don't know what your will is for my life right now. Even in those moments, his Holy Spirit intercedes on my behalf, not just in any way, but in accordance with God's will. Man, that's powerful. God causes and orchestrates every single thing that's happening in my life right now. Good, bad, and ugly. Every single thing, he causes it to work together for my good. God calls us. He calls me. He calls you. And he calls us according to his plan and his purpose. You know what that tells me? That tells me that I matter so much to him. That's how much I matter to him. That he's already worked out, he's already figured out, and he's already working behind the scenes to orchestrate, hallelujah Jesus, the things that are happening in my life so that they line up according to the plan that he has. He's not going to make a plan. He's not planning on coming up with something in the future. He has a plan and he has a purpose for my life and for your life. We know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. That those plans and those purposes are plans that God has. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and to give us a future. My God has plans and purposes concerning you, my brother. Concerning you, my sister. Right now, today. He knew us and he knows us beforehand. Before my biological mother knew me, Jesus knew me. Before any of my work colleagues who know me, knew me, Jesus knew me. Before anyone sitting in the pews of this local assembly ever got to figure out who Stuart Ashton Bishop was, Jesus knew me. You get excited just now, it's fine. We're warming up, just now the coat will come off. You'll join in. People will move forward. It's fine. We're getting there. He knew us beforehand and he predestined each and every one of us to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. You, my sister, you, my brother, no matter what anyone's ever said to you in your life, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are conforming every single day to the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what anybody says about you. So much so he loves us that he calls us 
but he doesn't just stop there. That would be okay. I'd be happy there. I'd be at ease there. I'd feel honored and privileged to know that the God, the creator of heaven and earth, hallelujah, Jesus, called me. I'd be okay. I'd be all right if it stopped right there. But not only does he call me and you, but he justifies us. Not only does he justify us, but he glorifies us. He elevates us to a heavenly realm. You and I. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter which family you were born into. It doesn't matter what level of income you generate on a weekly, on a bi-weekly, or on a monthly basis. It doesn't matter whether you're studying or you're gainfully employed. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've been called, you've been justified, and you've been glorified. It doesn't matter what I look like. Green, white, yellow, black, brown, pink, blue. The God, the creator of heaven and earth has a plan. He's got one already for me. He's got it already for me. That is why I say to you, you and I have been set up by God for a life of victory. For a life of victory. No, it's not a spelling mistake. I don't, I'm not misunderstanding God's word. You've been called and you've been set up and you've predestined to live a life of victory. I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting to have heaven in heaven. For me, that's going to be far too late. I'm enjoying having heaven here on earth. I'm, I'm enjoying a life of victory now. And by the way, we're going to get there eventually. But by the way, it's not, the, it's not about where you see me at right now. So I may not look like it right now. I may not smell like it right now. And if you could taste me, I may not taste like it right now. But don't make the mistake of judging me based on where I am now, today. I'm not controlled by my circumstances. I'm not controlled by the current boss that I have. By the way, I like my boss. <laughs> Hi, boss. If you, if you ever watch this, you know what I mean? Don't judge me on where I'm at right now. You'll be, you'll be sadly deceived. Don't judge me on my outward appearance. Because very often those people who look outwardly like they've got it all together are going through some of the most deepest, darkest inner turmoil that you, could, you and I could ever imagine. So don't, don't base your opinion or your view on what I look like on the outside. Look at what the Lord has done in order to create an environment that's conducive for you living a life of victory here on earth. Here on earth. It does not stop there. You see, God has set you and I up for life and for an abundant life and for an abundant life of victory in him. Let's look at his word. Romans 8, 31 and verse, 30, sorry, chapter 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to all of these things that we've just been discussing now? If God is for us, who can be successfully against us? If victory belongs to Jesus, 
who or what could possibly ever stand against you or me. Verse 32. He who did not spare even his own son Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with Jesus graciously give us all things? All things. Not just some things some of the time. How will he not also always give us all things? You'll get it just now. It's fine. Second Peter 1 verse 3 to verse 4. This verse of scripture just keeps just keeps coming up. It just keeps it just keeps popping it, itself up throughout all of the words that are coming forth, throughout ignite meetings, throughout messages that are being preached. It's not the first time in 2018 that this verse keeps coming up again and again and again. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for the dynamic spiritual life and godliness Stuart is there anything is there anything at all that I need in order to live a dynamic victory-filled life here on earth that God's divine power has not already bestowed on me the answer is no for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. We've already got every single thing we need. Through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises. Again, I'd be quite happy for God to say to me, son, Stuart, every promise that I have is yours. I'd be happy if that was, if that was all that it entailed. Because I know, I know what God's promises are all about. But I love his word because he breaks it down for us and he says, he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value. Inexpressible value. I've told you this many, many times before. There's, 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 a, lot, there's a lot of the work that I do where the contracts that I look at Literally, the amounts that are involved are the type of amounts where if you take that amount and convert it from euros to rands, probably your, your, your calculator will give you an error message because there's only so many 9999999 that it can actually go up to. That's the type of, of amounts that we deal with. But I love what this verse of scripture says. Precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value. You see, even those amounts and even those values, they can be expressed. They can be written down somehow. Yes, they're huge. Yes, they're big. 
the huge amounts of money that you and I will never ever possibly be able to comprehend. I can't even comprehend the type of money that people like Messi and Ronaldo earn on a weekly basis. It blows my mind. Yet, even though it blows my mind, it's still a value that I can express. When I watch a football game and I listen to the commentator, I hear them say, Wayne Rooney earning 180,000 pounds per week or per hour or whatever it is. But there's a value that can be attached to it. It's not an inexpressible value. What does that mean? That means for you and I sitting here in Logan Avenue on the corner of Logan and John Foster at Go Christian Church Centurion, you and I are heirs because we've been bestowed. It's been given to us promises that are so precious and so magnificent that they can't even be a value that can be communicated or expressed or described to be able to describe the value attached to those promises. So even Cristiano Ronaldo on his best day, when his bank manager calls him up and blows him kisses over the phone, even he, if he does not know Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior, even he doesn't have the type of promises that you and I have this morning. That's phenomenal. We're talking about living a life of victory here on earth. God has, God has given us everything we need to live our best life here on earth. For us to live in victory and live a dynamic spiritual life here on earth. For us to have godliness and he has given us his precious and magnificent promises. Romans 8.33 and verse 37. Who will bring any charge against God's elect, his chosen ones? Is it God who justifies us? Sorry, it is God who justifies us, declaring us blameless and putting us in a, in a right relationship with himself. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy to report back to you that as you sit here this morning, if you love Jesus like I love Jesus, then as you sit here, you are not perfect, not by any means. You haven't done anything to deserve for, for God to do what he does, yet and still he does it. Yet and still he says of you and he says of me, you are blameless. Hallelujah. You've been justified. You've been put in right relationship with, with the heavenly father. You, when I look at you, Numisa, when I look at you, I see you are right. You are rightly aligned with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As imperfect as you are, I justify you. Who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty. And more than that, who has raised from the dead, who was raised from the dead, and who is right now at the right hand of God, interceding with the Father for us. Doesn't that sound familiar? What were we reading earlier on? We were reading about His Holy Spirit who makes intercession on our behalf in accordance with God's will. So not only is that happening right now, 
But at the very same time that the Holy Spirit is there interceding on my behalf and on your behalf in accordance with God's will, at the very same time next to him stands Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, and there he is also seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, interceding not to him, but interceding with the Father for you and I. Mathematics was my worst subject of all. I boldly, unashamedly confess it. I don't like numbers. I don't like numbers at all. But even for me, the maths is very, very simple. That means right now, right now, I've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all of them together interceding in accordance with the plans and the purposes set forth for my life. On my behalf. That's simple maths. I don't know what you call that. It's not even functional maths. That is whatever comes below functional maths. That's maths for lawyers. That's like really, really, you know. No matter how you cut that orange. God in his fullness, in other words. God in his fullness right now is interceding. He's praying for you. That his plans and his purposes for your life come to fruition. It's a type of thing that can really change your life when you actually understand what that means. He wants so much for you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny here on earth. That God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God in his fullness is interceding right now for that to happen. I ask you again, with, what, with that level of backing in the heavens, are you living your best life? Are you living a life of victory in Christ? Romans 8 and 35, we're going to hang around Romans for a bit, but we leave them shortly. Romans 8, 35 to 37, who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Other translations will say what? Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will it be tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then I don't know which version you're reading. Uh, we don't have it up now. Um, but whatever it is, whether it be the trouble of this day, whether it be that you've just heard about a cash in transit heist so many kilometers away from where you normally do your shopping. Whether it be uh, the current state of our economy, whether it be that you've just heard, like I heard, that a liter of petrol would now cost me a whole 82 cents more. Ish. But even that, even Malusi Kigaba on his best day, with his best line of argument, will never, no matter what he says, no matter where he takes money from, no matter how he dips into my, my, my earnings without even asking me for permission, it doesn't matter what he does. Even on his best day, who or what will ever separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing, guys. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing that happens to you, nothing that happens to me will ever separate us from the love of Christ. 
Just as it is written and forever remains written, for your sake, we are put to death all day long. I'm dead anyway. I don't feel it anyway. It doesn't matter. Trap my baby toe. It doesn't matter. Guys, I'm already dead. I'm already dead. And for God's sake, we are put to death all day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. And gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. I don't know about you, but there's something about knowing that not only am I a conqueror, but I'm more than a conqueror. Not only do I have the victory, because that would also be good enough. I mean, I watch quite a few war films, you know what I mean? You know those, those, you know those films, right? Those, they call them epics, you know those films. And you can, you can get the victory, but you can, you can suffer quite a lot of loss. So it's usually the, 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 the general or the sergeant at arms who will then give some sort of feedback to the, to the guy who's really in charge and he'll ask him, how's it going in on the western field? No, it's good, general. It's good. It's good. Um, we've, we've defeated so-and-so. And, and what's, what's the loss of life on our side? Yeah, we've lost a few good men. We have. We've lost a few good men. You can still have the victory, but you can still lose a few good men. But I love God's word. Not only do we have the victory, but we gain an overwhelming victory. An overwhelming victory. In soccer terms, okay, never mind. Let's just, let's just move on. Because if I reference, you know, something that my team once did, then you're going to reference something that someone did to my team. So let's just say there have been big scores on both sides. Okay, let's just leave it there. Let's just leave it there. But we all know what we mean by an overwhelming victory. You've been, as, as my enemy, as my foe, you've been utterly crushed. You've been utterly defeated. There's no remnant left of you. Hey, let me leave Trevor now alone. But basically, you are Shonile. You are dead. You are finished and clear. There's nothing left of you. He gives us an overwhelming victory. You and I are destined to conquer like Jesus conquered and to walk in and live our lives in overwhelming victory. That's important to know. You and I are destined to conquer exactly how Jesus conquered and to walk and live our lives in overwhelming victory. From Jesus leaving heaven to come down to earth for you and I, to Jesus being born into this world in order to be the savior of this world. To Jesus laying down his life on the cross for you and I. To the Holy Spirit raising Jesus from the dead. And to Jesus sending you and I the very same Holy Spirit to be our comforter and live inside of us. In all of these things, as I look back, I see that God has strategically set us up and predestined you and I for a life of conquering, overcoming, and overwhelming victory. Someone say amen. amen. By the way, that's the introduction, right? It really actually is. That's the introduction. So point number one. 
for those of you taking notes. Point number one, Jesus set the victory tone when he defeated death and hell. Jesus Christ set the victory tone. You know when someone sets the tone of a meeting? Yo, what that guy did, just walking in like that, he really set the tone, you know? Jesus set the victory tone when he defeated death and hell. Revelation 1.18, reading from the Amplified. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. That's Jesus speaking. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of death, the gates of hell will not overpower it by preventing my resurrection. The reason why I say that you and I were destined to gain the type of victory that Jesus has gained to live that type of victorious life that Jesus has lived and continues to live is because Jesus himself says, I am building my church and the gates of hell, hallelujah, will never be able to overpower you as my church. Why? Because the gates of hell, Satan himself and all of his force will never ever be able to prevent my resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even before Jesus had been crucified, he himself had already declared that he was going to build you and I. And that death and hell were not going to prevail against us. Because Jesus Christ arose, neither death nor hell nor the grave will ever overcome the church of Jesus Christ. That's you and I. I declare to you this morning, like Jesus did, you have been set up and set apart for victorious living. You are destined to win. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are a champion of Jesus Christ. Overwhelming victory is yours in Jesus' name. If you receive it, say amen. Long introduction, short, quick, powerful points. Point number two. Point number two, being victorious and being an overcomer means by default that you and I have an enemy. We have an adversary. By virtue of the fact that I stand in front of you this morning, I know it's not great news. I know it's not great news. But let's just think about it for a moment. In order for me to stand here and tell you that you have the victory, it means there's someone who you, who you are defeating, right? You can't have one football team. 
You can't have 11 players on the field and those 11 players jump up and down after they've won 50-0 because there was nobody else in the opposition goal, let alone on, on the other side of the soccer field. You have to have an opponent to play against. For you to have the victory, that, as they say, um, to be the best, you have to beat the best, right? You have to have an opponent. So being victorious and being an overcomer by default means that you and I have an enemy. We have an adversary. And I'm pretty sure we all know who he is. Being the one who is victorious means I overcame someone or something else. I actually overcame one who opposes me and also opposes everything that Christ represents in and through me. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober. I'm sure there's a few relatives that some of us, when we meet them, we just like to just start by just saying that. Be sober. Okay, hello, uncle. How are you? Good, 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 good. Now that you're sober. Be sober, well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours. That enemy of yours sounds like my mother speaking to me when I was a little kid. That friend of yours, I don't want to see him anywhere near my house. That friend of yours, Stuart, if he ever... I'm saying to you this morning, that enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. That enemy of yours, it's not great news, but yes, you and I, in order for us to stand and say we have the victory, we have an enemy as well. Psalm 46 and verse 1, the good part, the great part, the wonderful part. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, impenetrable. That means no matter how, no matter what type of ammunition is used, very important, I don't want you to miss this. No matter what type of ammunition is used against you and I, God is the type of refuge and the type of strength and the type of shield to you and I that no matter what arsenal, no matter what weaponry, no, no matter what ammunition the enemy uses, he will never be able to penetrate the protection that's offered and that's given to you and I. He is a very present and well-proved help in times of trouble. He's a very present and well-proved help in the time of trouble. What does that mean? It means quite a few things. It means, unfortunately, in this life, you and I will have trouble. We can't avoid it. It's part of life. That's why I say don't judge me based on what you maybe even know I'm going through or what you see me going through. Because in this life, I've got an enemy. That enemy of mine, the devil, he's busy. He's doing his thing behind the scenes. He's like a wounded animal that knows his final end is almost at hand. So he's kicking and he's screaming violently against my back. 
But I have a hope because the God that I serve is an impenetrable refuge. Though we have an enemy who prowls around seeking to bring times of trouble upon us, we do not have to worry, fret, or fear. Because we know that we have a mighty and impenetrable refuge, well-proof for occasions such as these. We also know that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's and the victory is ours. Because the battle is the Lord's, it doesn't mean that you and I will not be involved in the fight. In fact, the exact opposite is true. We know that God's word says our fight is not against flesh and blood. We do not have or we do not have a fight to be we, we do have a, a fight to be involved in and we do have a fight to get stuck into, but the battle is the Lord's and the fight that we're involved in, all that we have to do is obtain the victory. In fact, all we have to do, obtain is the wrong word, all we have to do is enjoy the victory. Because the battle is the Lord's, the victory is ours. Nevertheless, there's a fight to be fought. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. For our struggle, there is a struggle, there is a fight. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Contending only with physical opponents. That's not what we're about. But against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. There is a fight. There is a struggle. Second Chronicles 20. Reading from verse 15. He said, listen carefully. All you people of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. The Lord says this to you. Be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude that you see in front of you. For the battle is not yours but God's. Go down against them tomorrow. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the river valley in front of the wilderness of, Jeru of Jeruel. That's a tongue twister. Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Take your position. Take your position. Stand and witness the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. Some very, very important things to take from this verse of scripture. Although the battle is the Lord's and although we will not have to fight in this battle, there are still things that you and I will have to do. There are still roles and parts that you and I will have to play. There are also things that you and I will have to avoid doing. It is similar to Jesus when Jesus is walking on the water and he calls out to Peter. And he says to Peter, we all know the story, he says, Peter, come. In order for Peter 
to experience that miracle of walking on the water with Jesus, Peter was required to take the first step. He had to play his part. And he had to go out, get out of the boat and put his foot on the water. Jesus was the one keeping his body from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, keeping his body above the water. But Peter had a role. He had his bit. He had his part to play. He also had to avoid doing certain things. He also had to avoid taking his eyes off of Jesus, losing his focus and being distracted by the body of water around him. He had to avoid the temptation to We've watched the movies. I know you have. There's too many of them out there. Where you're climbing up something and the guy on top says, Don't look down. Don't look down. He had to avoid the temptation of looking down because looking down means I'm not looking at Jesus. So in the very same way, there's things that you and I are going to have to do and there's things we're going to have to avoid doing. We've also got our part to play. When I look at this verse of scripture, I see that you and I are going to have to take up our positions. There's no way, ladies and gentlemen, whether you are averse to war or not, there's no way that as a soldier enlisted in God's army, you're going to be able to get away with saying, listen guys, this whole war battle fighting thing, good and evil is not really for me. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and watch as things unfold. Your very first requirement, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, is that you must take up your position. You're going to be required to take up your position. For me, what this is linked to is taking that first step of faith that Peter took. It's going to be that act, that thing that we do first. To say, God, I'm in this with you. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't see the resources readily available to me. It looks like the opponent overwhelms me 100 to 1 numerically. But Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to take up my position in obedience to what your instruction is. Your position can also be how and where you serve in this local house. So I can say to you, as an usher in this local house, take up your position. I can say to you, as a children's leader of, the, of, of, of Go Kids, I can say to you, take up your position. Your position is also your prayer time. Your position is also your quiet time. Your position is also you waiting on the Lord, as it says in Isaiah. When you go into your war room, you go into your closet and you literally take up your position as a soldier enlisted in his army. Where you watch and you pray. You watch and you pray. You take up your position. Besides taking up your position, you're also going to have to stand. You won't always feel like standing. You won't always feel the courage and the boldness and the braveness, the bravery that it takes to stand. But you're going to have to stand. And having done all, you're going to have to stand on the promises of God. 
You're also going to have to witness the salvation of the Lord. This becomes so very important because according to his word, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, but we also overcome by the word of our testimony. Now, I, I, I'm, I, know, I know I'm a little bit slow and I'm not all that bright, but just tell me, please help me make sense of this. How will I ever have a testimony if I'm not there to witness the salvation of the Lord? I'll never have a report to pass on to someone else if I was never on the battlefield when God showed up and he did what he did and gave me the victory. I've got to witness the salvation of the Lord for me to have a testimony. I've then also got to go out against them at the set time and according to God's set instructions. I've got to go out. I can't wait for the enemy to come towards me. It's a very funny image, but you know, we, we often picture the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And it's like the gates have feet and they're walking towards us. No, no, guys. No. We're not, we're not trying to avoid gates that are walking towards us. No. We are the ones advancing upon the gates. We are the ones about to kick down the enemy's wall. We are the ones who are going to have to go out against them. Again, God says, go out tomorrow, specific day. Go out tomorrow. Meet them here. This is where you'll find them. Those are instructions. His word says, obedience is better than sacrifice. I've got to be obedient. What has God told me to do? When he says, go, I go. When he says, stay, I stay. When he says, meet them at the river Nile at this time, when the sun is just, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I'm obedient to his instruction. When he says, go out, I'm going to go out. There's also some things that I'm going to have to avoid doing. I'm going to have to avoid becoming fearful, being afraid. Again, it's not going to be easy, guys. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy in the heat of battle for me to, 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 to inspire myself, motivate myself, dig into God's word, tap into the true vine, and find that courage when I'm feeling like I should turn and run. The right way is very, very rarely the easiest way. It's very, very rare that the easiest, smoothest, nicest looking path is the path that's going to get you where you need to go in Christ. It's very, very rare. It's going to get rough. It's going to get bumpy. It's going to get scary. But don't be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm going to have to encourage myself and not allow the enemy to, to cause me to be dismayed or discouraged or disillusioned or to feel condemned. His word says that for me who's now in Christ, there's no condemnation for me. The enemy is going to come with his lies. He's going to say things about me. 
And if I accept those lies, if I hang on to those lies, if I entertain them one second longer than they need to be entertained, if I don't immediately take captive every wandering thought, I'm going to find myself dismayed. You see, there's certain things that simply do not coexist very well. Oil and water. Oil and water do not coexist very well. Faith in Jesus Christ and fear do not coexist very, very well. Faith in Jesus Christ does not exist comfortably with things like fear, dismay, disillusionment, discouragement, and condemnation. So I'm going to have to not do certain things. Point number three. We are meant, and we've already touched on this, we are meant to testify of God's goodness. For you and I to be living this life of victory here on earth, it's going to require that you and I testify about his goodness. Very, very key, very important. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony for they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. Even when they were faced with death. You and I will overcome, will be victorious, will overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We are meant to testify about the things that God has done and is doing in and through our lives. You and I have not been signed up or enlisted to be secret agents or secret soldiers in God's army. John 13 and verse 35. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. You see, I can verbally confess, I can verbally profess, I can orally testify about how good God is and I can get the victory because of my testimony. But there's another dimension that I'd like to also have you think about this morning. You see, my very lifestyle itself, my very lifestyle itself can also testify about the fact that I am his and he is mine and that he's busy doing stuff in my life causing me to overcome, giving me overwhelming victories, causing me to walk in and bask in a life destined for victory in Christ. My life, my walk, my talk, the way I carry myself, the way I talk to my neighbors, the way I treat my colleagues at work, the way I interact with the opposite sex, the things I watch and the things I refuse to watch on television, the jokes I choose to entertain and those that I refuse to entertain, all of these things that are a part of my life and a part of my lifestyle send a message to people out there 
both Christian and non-believer alike and they testify I really love the Amplified but the message just does it for me in this particular scripture 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 to verse 3 you yourselves are all the endorsement we need. You yourself. You are all the endorsement that we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote the life that is Brother Lysias. Christ himself wrote the letter that is, this is the life of Lysias. He didn't write it with ink, but he wrote it with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we are prepared to publish this letter called, this is the life of brother Lysias. You are our letter of recommendation. Written in our hearts. Recognized and read by everyone. By everyone. Christian and non-believer. You are the rec letter of recommendation of the church of Jesus Christ. That's read on a daily basis by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. You show it. You show it. People see it. Even people who don't know that you're born again. When they look at you, you show it. Your actions, your lifestyle shows it. That you are a letter from Christ. Delivered by us. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. You and I and the lives that we lead are living epistles being read of men every moment of every second of every day. Again, the idea is for men and women out there to see how you and I live and walk and talk and to see Jesus in us. Our lifestyles ought to be the testimony that draws the unbeliever in and not the type of lifestyle that chases him away from salvation. We overcome the shackling effect that sin has in the lives of our unsaved family members by living lives that testify of God's goodness. Doing this sows a seed that ultimately sees God by his Holy Spirit draw those family members into his fold and into this family of believers. This is how you and I can experience overwhelming victory by the testimonies of the lives that we live. Point number four. The fight is fixed. The fight is fixed. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, reading from the Amplified. Fight the good fight of the faith in the conflict with evil take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which 
you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. The great part is that the fight has been rigged. Some authorized match fixing has taken place. And you and I are already aware of the fact that we are on the winning side. Which is why he says to us, the battle is his and the victory is ours. 1 John 5, reading from verse 4. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. Everyone who is born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. The fight is, has already been fixed. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. In other words, as long as I continuously, persistently am tied to the vine, am connected to Jesus, have, have faith and believe that he died and he rose again, hallelujah, and that he lives and he reigns forevermore, I will continue to be victorious and I will continue to overcome the world. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. It's very interesting. We've just come out of a, a powerful, powerful um, series where Pastor Paul has been speaking about all sorts of uh, prejudices um, and all sorts of um, different dynamics with regards to male and female, with regards to where you come from, where you originate from, is this your, is this your homeland, uh, are you a foreigner here? We've touched on all of these topics of, of prejudice and discrimination. It's interesting, the word there, everyone, that specific word there, everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. That word is, for lack of a better word, neuter. Neuter meaning neutral. Neutral meaning uh, it underscores the fact that every single one of us who's been born again, regardless of race, gender, or age, regardless of our station in life, regardless of whether we are Jew or Gentile, regardless of our background and where we come from, every single one of us is victorious over the world. God is no respecter of persons. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he died on the cross of Calvary and rose once again, if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter where you come from, culturally, ethnically, racially, it doesn't matter who or where you are or were in your past. The old has literally passed away and everything's become new and you are now part of the everyone who is born again and who is victorious over the world. The day you accept Jesus into your heart and into your life as Lord and personal Savior, the fight is instantly rigged and instantly fixed in your favor. And you are destined to live in victory over that enemy of yours. Romans 8 and verse 11. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and lives inside of me, then he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives inside of you. I have victory over the world because I have the same Holy Spirit living inside of me who raised Jesus from the dead. For this reason, Satan, though he is a foe, though he is my enemy, he is a defeated foe. Let's review this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's review in closing. You and I, we are destined for a life of victory in Christ. Jesus himself is the one who set the victory tone when he defeated death and hell. Being victorious and being an overcomer means, by default, we do have an enemy. We do have an adversity. Our enemy, however, is a defeated foe. You and I are meant to testify of God's goodness, not only in speech, but also in the way that we live out our lives. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the fight is fixed. You and I are already on the winning side. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus.